<laughs> Y'all about to be quiet though. We gonna let me get the co-host uh Dr. Max so I can go ahead and get everybody muted. Okay, Anthony, are you um are you gonna pray us in this morning? I don't see you already. Uh if Reggie don't pop on, I will. All right. Let me give him a call. Well, we're live. Right, well, I guess we just gonna go ahead and do it. It's seven. Oh, yeah. Oh, he just popped co-host. in. Co-host. Co-host big dog. Oh, there he is. Well, it's not seven o'clock to be technically. <laughs> Good morning. Hey. Good morning. Good morning, brother. It's, we live. Hey, 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 listen, my alarm been going off. Good morning. I'm just now getting up. <laughs> well, we're I live. Said, Lord, I said, Lord, thank you. Amen. Get up, so ready to go, Johnny. Ready? Yeah, you, you need to unmute. Again? All good. Well, you ready? Good morning. Good morning, men of God. Welcome to the National Men's Prayer Call. We get so excited every Tuesday and Thursday morning because we get this opportunity to come before you, not only just in prayer, but God is a blessed this national misprayer call tremendously over the past nine years to be able to come in your home and we're so excited we're looking forward to even next year our 10th year to be able to celebrate with you so with that being said men of god our topic as we wrap up for this year uh, is do everything with love with love oh my god and we know what god says about love uh, because that is one of his greatest commandments is love. One of the, how, he said, how can you love me, oh my God, and not love your neighbor? So Lord, we just thank you this morning for that because you've already laid everything out for us, Lord. And we just want to just take time out this morning on this day that wasn't promised to us, December the 23rd, 2021. Lord, we just want to say thank you this morning. Thank you for this day, Lord. Oh, God, the Bible says if we don't praise you, the rocks will crowd, Lord, and we're not going to allow that to happen. We're going to praise you and magnify your holy name because the Bible says that you're king of kings. The Bible says that you're Lord of lords. The Bible speaks on you as being the lamb, the shepherd. The Bible says that you are the word of God. The Bible speaks on you as also saying that you're going to come back as the line of the tribe of Judah. Oh, God, we thank you for that, Lord. Oh, God, we just magnify your holy name this morning, Lord. I'll thank you this morning uh, for your word, just the word. The Bible said in the beginning was the word, the word was God. Oh, God, thank you for that this morning, Lord. Oh, we're just going to praise you and reverence you this morning. And, Lord, we just thank you this morning for the opportunity, Lord, to have one of the existing, one of the founding members here supported to us this morning. Oh my God, you gave us a giant this morning, Lord. And Father, we, we say thank you for that. Oh God, we thank you, Father, for him. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, right now that he's speaking not of himself nor the flesh. Lord, we thank you right now. He's going to be pouring into our spirit, man. And we're going to just receive him. He's going to be coming up here shortly. So we're just so grateful for this outstanding uh, man of God here 
Man, so please share this here so you, we can get him out. We're going to get him out of the bullpen here in a few minutes here. Uh, but with that being said, men of God, let's go before let's go before God. Let's go before God here in prayer. Uh, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Lord, we want to take time out this morning and say thank you, Lord. We say thank you, Lord, because Father, as we approach this year celebration of your birth, Lord. Father, we don't take anything for granted. We're so grateful, Father, that you have allowed us to be able to serve you, Lord, not only on this special occasion, Lord, but, Father, each and every day of our life, because the word of God says for us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Oh, my God, thank you for that righteousness that we have with you. And, Lord, we thank you for that this morning, Lord. And, Father, we just pray. Well, I just pray right now, Father, for each and every person right now, Lord, that's dealing with some loss, dealing with some anxiety, Lord. It's just so much pressure, things that are taking place right now, Lord. Just pray right now for them right now, Lord, through this time of year, the season that they're in in their life, Lord. Just ask right now for comfort, ask for direction. Only the Holy Spirit says that he, God said he's left us the Holy Spirit. And that is our comforter. Ah, I ask right now, Lord, to just, just pray for those individuals. Lord, you know who they are, Lord. I just ask right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. It was just, Father, lift them up, Father. And Father, we just pray right now for the world that we're living in. We ask right now, we just flatten the curve, Lord. Just lift those up, Lord, that continue on the front line, the first responders, Lord. And just pray for them, Lord. And and Father, I just pray right now, Father, for all the administrative, also the administrative that's just pouring into all the youth, Lord, and just still, Father, with the uncertainties, Lord, but you're God, and we thank you right now for being a provider that you are. And Lord, we just thank you right now for each and every man that's represented on the call this morning. They're on the call for one purpose, and that's just to hear a word from you, Lord. And Father, we ask right now, that you would just, just bless our spirit, man. Thank you right now for who you are, being the provider for us in our household. Thank you that every need is met. And Father, we thank you also for, for complete healing in each and every man's body, from the crown of his head to the soulless feet. And we bind any attack that the enemy may try to come against us. The word says there is no weapon formed against us will prosper. And we thank you for that. And Father, I thank you right now, Father, for blessing us with, uh, with our helpmate. Uh, the word said a house can't stand if it's divided, and, and two cannot uh, be together except they agree on the word. It is the word of God again. And thank you for our offspring, Lord. We lift them up before you. Those that are going to school, the workplace, ask your hedge protection around them. I thank you for the covering. And Father, we just thank you, Nate, right now for those that are in need of prayer. Lord, I just ask Continue to lift up our good friend Grace Edwards as she gets stronger and stronger. Lord, the enemy always trying to attack, but he's off limits from this one. He's off limits from her. And she's covered with the blood. I thank you for that. And Father, I just thank you right now, Father. Continue to lift up the Jones family. I was at the memorial service last night and it was so beautiful because it was just all about faith and all about the, the word of God and all about comforting and knowing your assurance. So thank you for that family. Continue to lift them up. 
Lord, I just thank you right now, Father, for my friend Margaret Milton. I ask you to continue to allow her to get stronger and stronger, Lord. Thank you for that. And continue to lift up Brother uh, Prince, his dad, ask right now as he gets stronger and stronger in his rehabilitation. Thank you for him. And Lord, we don't forget about our own founder, Dr. Kenneth Green. Ask right now. Continue to allow him to get stronger and stronger. And Father, thank you for blessing him. Thank you for blessing his ministry. Father, thank you for First Lady Green stands right in the gap with him. Oh, God, we thank you for her. And Father, we just give you all the praise and all the glory. Father, as we wrap up this year, it's all about serving you and worshiping you. And we thank you for the opportunity to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, amen and amen. We are so excited. Of course, we're delighted to be in your presence once again so that we can lift up Jesus, who is the Christ. And this morning, we are, we're just... We're just peacock proud and honeymoon happy because we're bringing forth a young man that is was tasked early on by Dr. Green to actually uh, establish and facilitate this incredible ministry that is just expanding around the globe. Uh, you know, this morning in my prayer time, the Lord gave, dropped in my spirit that the well of wisdom runs deep and quenches thirst, but knowledge will always leave you thirsting for more. And so we get so sometimes so caught up into getting more knowledge, more knowledge that we forget that knowledge is merely the accumulation of information. But wisdom is the application of information. Now I say that only to share this, that uh, our speaker this morning, Benny, Mr. Make It Happen, is a gentleman that I'm honored to be able to just to call a friend. And as he's poured into my life over the last decade, he shared information that has been instrumental in my transformation. So if you haven't had the chance or the opportunity to listen to this young man, his, his the, the fountain the, and the depth of his wisdom is, it seems like it has no depth whatsoever. It's not just knowledge because knowledge puffs up, but wisdom is something that you can use to change, to challenge your life. And that personal growth element that we bring forth in this medium is because Benny C. saw fit that we not only have prayer, but personal development and a spiritually enhanced personal development. Now, I can go on and on about his, his, um, his sales background, his administrative background, his corporate background. That's unimportant because he's not even interested in that. What he wants to do is share with you information for your transformation and elevation. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let me present to you and introduce to some Benny, Mr. Make It Happen, my coach, my friend, my mentor. Benny, are you there? Yes, sir. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you, Johnny Mac. Only thing I got to say is, boy, stop. You know? <laughs> no, uh, thank you. Um, this has been an incredible month. Uh, and really, this year has been just really incredible. And it just uh, makes me, uh, like you say, Johnny, I borrow your expression, peacock proud uh, to be part of this group. And uh, we've been on such a roll with these different perspectives. Uh, this month particular uh, would do everything in love uh, really resonated with me because doing everything in love is something that God has been dealing with me for years. And the reason why I say that is because I'm mean by nature. 
And I, I inherited it though. I got it from my mom. My mom's probably the meanest person I know. I've got some whippings to uh to attest to that. And some backhands. You guys know that's that old school discipline. And so yeah, and and so it's always and, and and then you compound it with I'm a street kid. So the street rules don't really have much to do with love, right? When they say I'm showing you some love, it's, it's they're implying something else. But once I became saved and once I became a Christian, then I'm, I've committed to following these Christian principles, which is centered around love. Everything we do is centered around love. So to do everything in love, you know, as a Christian man, as a Christian leader, and I'm speaking to Christian men specifically this morning, is we know that's what we're supposed to do. But the question is, why is it so hard to do everything in love? And when we're talking about doing everything in love, it implies that we are dealing with people in general, because that's where the challenge becomes, is how do we deal with people doing everything in love? Especially how do you deal with people that you can't stand doing everything in love you know we all got some people that you know that you just don't like and we still have to deal with these people so i want to propose to you this morning and i kind of had some beta with this i've been running some little beta tests just sparking up some general conversations i know me and pastor uh raphael and i had a really colorful conversation about this subject uh the other day, and I talked to a couple of friends of mine, just to kind of bounce some things off to see if I was having, if I was the only one having these same issues. And it turns out I wasn't. The biggest obstacle to doing everything in love, the biggest challenges to doing everything in love is that it requires that we change. It requires that we change who we are, how we see things, how we see people. That's the challenge. I want to read to you how important this 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 love thing is. I want to read something. Uh, Matthew uh, 18, verse 1. And it says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the, the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And at that point, Jesus called over a little child and he placed a child amongst them. And he said, truly, I tell you, listen to this unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And I wanna go back to verse three where it says, and focus on these three words, unless you change. Now we can take those same three words and we can add our own ending to it. And I've said this to my kids, you know, boy, unless you change, girl, unless you change, and I'll let you guys finish the, the sentence, but unless you change. So Jesus, Jesus discussed this, that one of the hindrance that we were going to deal with was how we treat people, but we had to change, and that change is, is going to be a challenge for us, you know, and, and change is the one thing that's constant. It's not like the 
we can just change all at once and then we're set for life. No, we, we find ourselves as we evolve and get through various different things, grow in relationships with our kids and with our wives, that we find ourselves having to be challenged to change for specific things. So, and the Bible refers to change quite often. As a matter of fact, in the Bible, when you hear the word repent, which by the way, I looked this up, repent is mentioned over 75 times in the, no, 75 times in the Bible, the word repent is, is mentioned. And, and the word repent essentially means to change behavior. To, here's a definition I like, to turn back from a course of action that is destructive to you and to get on a path that is going to be constructive. So when, when the Bible refers to repent, it's talking about changing your behavior. There's a word again, change, changing your behavior. So what I wanna to propose to you this morning, I'm gonna do this real quickly, is there are six obstacles to change. And I feel like God has been dealing with me in this and I wanted to share this. And <clears throat> if we can get a greater understanding as to why it's so difficult to change, then we can address it and have a better shot at being the men that we're supposed to be. So let me identify these six obstacles to change. Number one is pride. It's the first obstacle to change is pride. I, and pride basically says, I don't need to change. Number two is fear. Fear basically says, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to change. Number three is rebellion. And I just refuse to change. Number four is laziness. It's just too much involved to change. I, you know, I ain't got time to do it. I don't feel like doing all that. I'm, I'm, I'm good just where I am. Number five, and this is pretty significant, is ignorance. And that is, I didn't know I needed to change. Now, inter interestingly enough, arrogance falls under ignorance because arrogance says that I'm right, you're wrong. And I know better. I know more, and because I know better and I know more, I'm too ignorant to know that I need to change. And the last one, and the last one is the one I wanna unpack a little bit, is offense, offense. And offense means that you are too emotional, you are too offended to even consider changing. Now, I want to talk about offense because offense is the thing that's running rampant in the world today, particularly in the United States right now. We're in a culture where, you know, everybody is very confrontational about everything. It's, it's like it's, it's in vogue to be confrontational. Now, I've, I told you my background I was always confrontational. I was always edgy is the word that was used to describe me. I was always very edgy and I was quick to get in your face and I was quick to start something. You know, I'll tell you in a minute that if you said something to me, I didn't like fight, go with it. That was our expression, you know, fight, go with it. And so we were always ready to do something. Now the word offense is not tossed around. It's been replaced by another word. And this is just in my opinion, the word that gives offense more shock values is disrespect. 
you know, disrespect. That's the word everybody had. You disrespected me. Don't disrespect me. Um, and disrespect oftentimes leads to confrontation. You know, Jesus even warned, warned us about offense. And I, I took a moment to read what Jesus' warning was about. I want to read it to you because I, it's something, a revelation came, something interesting happened. And Jesus, and this is in uh, Luke 17, and Jesus, Jesus said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone was hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than he should offend one of the little ones. He was just referring to people, the innocent people. So take heed for yourselves if your brother, and check this out, if your brother sins against you, he refers to offense as a sin, and against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day, returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. So the disciples looked at this, and this is what's interesting. This is my biggest takeaway. The next, on verse five, the next thing the disciples said after listening to Jesus talk about what happens if somebody were to disrespect them continuously, the apostle simply said, Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. And it's interesting because that's what me and uh, Sederic were talking about was, Lord, increase our faith. You know, well, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do that. Especially if you're dealing with somebody that you can't stand. You know, uh, how do you deal with a person that you simply don't like? How do you do everything in love when you engage with that person or with those people? I mentioned this because this is something that I am currently dealing with. Got a couple of people. One of them happens to be a family member that I have to engage with, but I can't stand. I've got a colleague at work that I have to deal with, but I can't stand. And Here's what the Lord spoke to me. Can I use you for the greater good in the moment where you're dealing with this person and what you have in your heart for them? Can he see me through you during that point? Can you find a way to be okay with who they are? What really is it about them that offends you so much that you don't even want to deal with them, that they can't even see me, that you dismiss me and remove me away from the situation? You know, I told you I was sharing, I had a little beta this week and I'm sharing this different subject matter. How do you deal with people you can't stand basically was the topic. And I had a friend of mine who was very candid. He said something interesting. He said, man, I've got a guy that I, I'm dealing with. I don't even want to pray. I don't even want the Lord to get involved. I don't even want to, you know, don't even pray for me about this guy. And what's interesting is I had several people tell me basically the same thing. When I get in that space, I don't need God. I'm, I'm just not going to deal with that person. 
Now think about how the enemy has used offense to prevent us from changing to be the person that we need to be to be able to do everything, even with people that we're engaged with in love. How, think about that. You know, it, it takes us to Matthew 22 and 36 when, when they asked the, uh, Jesus, what was the greatest commandment in the law? And, and Jesus replied, and he said, love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. This is what Jesus commanded us. So that means we got to be, so basically what that means is you got to be good with everybody. Even if they ain't shit. Excuse my language. You just got to be good with them. You got to find a way to be okay with people when they don't meet your standards, when they don't meet your expectations. You got to be able to take a deep breath when you, as a leader, this is what we have to do. As a Christian leader, as a kingdom man, we got to be able to take a deep breath and be okay with who they are so we can minister to them in one form or another. And when I'm talking about ministering to them, I'm not necessarily talking about bringing them to Christ or anything like that. I'm just talking about getting them to calm down, bringing them around to a compromising point of view. And sometimes just saying, hey, you know what, let's revisit this, especially if you discover that you've offended them. Now, there are some offense in the way that's an obstacle to changing how that person feels towards you or how you feel towards them. How about, hey, Let's just revisit this at another time when cooler heads can prevail. Let's just talk about this later. For you married men, that works perfectly, I'm telling you. Trust me on that. Just pick it up at another time. There's great wisdom in understanding when to walk away and when to put the mic down and just say, hey, you know what, let's just hold on and let's just pause for a second so everybody can collect their thoughts. Now, oftentimes, it's going to be on you to be able to take that position. So this is why we need to make sure that we understand that. Change is the biggest challenge. So now let's bring this on so I can wrap this up. How do we change? Well, took some time and did some research. And the three things that leads you to change. And I want to leave you with this. Those three things are, you have to make a decision, number one. You have to be dedicated to the decision. Then you have to be disciplined enough to execute the decision. So this, this uh, decision, dedication, and discipline. With discipline being the key, I like this definition of di discipline. I give Dr. A.R. Bernard his credit. He, he defines discipline and discipline being the key to it all. He defines discipline is the bridge between the thought and the accomplishment. The thought is on one land, the accomplishment is on the other and the bridge to get from the thought to the accomplishment is discipline. And so change, figuring out how we change, how we need to change, why we need to change is going to be the biggest key 
for us to be able to do everything in love and show up in that way where God can use us in any situation. So I wanna, I wanna remind everyone that, especially you kingdom men, that we have to be change agents. We have to be the example. We have to be, we have to present tangible evidence to other men to show them how to live this Christian lifestyle proudly, boldly. And so what I wanna do this morning, I wanna deputize everybody on this call. I want to deputize everybody within the sound of my voice to be change agents. That's what I want to do. Because it's, you know, you it change is inevitable. And so here's here's what I can tell you. And you know what brings about change mostly is truth. The truth is what brings about change. All truth is confrontational. I had to learn this a long time ago. All truth is confrontational. And, and people either change by wisdom or people change by crisis. One or the other. People either change by some revelation or by wisdom or they change by crisis. But what happens, inevitably, you are forced to change. So we just want to be strategic about when we need to change, how we need to change, and how to deal with constantly changing. And you have now been deputized as change agents. And I want you to go out and execute this so we can be able to do everything in love and, and men, when you are in that situation, when you're dealing with somebody that you can't stand, just ask yourself this question, can God use me in this moment? And I promise you, that'll give you the five seconds you need to respond accordingly. Thank you for your time this morning. Amen. Amen. Big bro, amazing job as usual. Thank you, sir. And it's a quick reminder. I won't, I won't stay long. You know, they always title us, don't come behind a preacher. It was preaching. So I will remind my brothers. What's up, Alex? Um, what did Jesus call his followers? Did he call them Christians or did he call them disciples? He called us disciples which in the root word is a, uh, is a person who follows a set of disciplines. At the end of the day, love is a discipline, period, right? Now, I wrote down here as Big Bro was talking, the elevated believer moves through disciplines, not emotion. Y'all already know that. We always hate the over-emotional dude. But guess what? That's me on occasion. You know, I'm gonna be like, oh my God, you know? And so, you know, you gotta take that with a grain of salt. The elevated believer moves through disciplines, not emotion. The inability to move through in love speaks to, in, to the immaturity of a believer because the world is looking for us to lead the way and show the way. And that is through disciplines. First Corinthians 13, four through seven, love is patient. Isn't it ironic? And the very first thing that God tells us to do when we love somebody is to be patient. There's 16 characters that he tells us to do how we move in love. And the very first one he tells us to be is to be patient by design. And you know, some of us, we, we quick to pop off. I'm gonna tell y'all something. I knew Benny before he was real save, save, right? And he will pop off. He was not patient with little bro bro, right? And last thing that we were reminded, when we are not able to move through discipline, to move through love, we are effectively removing ourselves out of service within the kingdom. You know, Loki, why would God call us to represent men of God in, in leadership and when we quick to, you know, flow in our emotions? He needs somebody who's super disciplined and understands that. 
operating in patience, moving through love and in leadership. To be effective leaders, we got to have a degree of love that, you know, that penetrates all of that and keeps us in our own pockets so we won't be just irrational and, and super emotional. And how do we do it? Make a decision, be dedicated to that decision, and then be disciplined in that decision. Amazing job, big bro. Thank you, because uh, I know the holidays is going to challenge a little bit of all of us as we get ready to have all these people in my house and they drinking too much. I had Johnny Mac over here the other day, and I'm like, would you stay out my bar? And you, you know, he always want to drink the good stuff. I'm like, man, you stay over there with the cheap stuff over there. Uh, challenge me, okay? Uh, all I'm saying is that we have to be the forerunners in all of it. And y'all remember the word of God is super simple. He says that you reap what you sow. If you don't sow love, guess what you ain't gonna get? Love. If you don't show sow respect, guess what you're not gonna get? Respect. So be what you want to get. Amen. Let's open this. Uh, let's go ahead and go to prayer and we'll close out and get us prepared for the weekend. And so Merry Christmas, happy holidays to everybody. And then we're gonna move with God. Heavenly Father, we come before you united as a band of brothers just to first and foremost to give you love and thank you absolutely for these lives that we have. We know it's not perfect, Father, but we thank you for perfecting us through it, Father, for growing us through it, for blessing us um, when you liked us and when you didn't like us because you moved in love, Father, and that's the the thing that we, we cherish and thank, thank you for. And so as we become and take on the responsibility of being your representative on the earth in all the spheres of influence that we move in, Father, empower us, remind us to be disciples of your, the very largest commandment that you've given us to, be, to love you with the totality of ourselves and to love our neighbors like we love ourselves, Father. So we thank you for the discipline of love. We ask you to uh, just be with us as we move forward, Father, because we love you, we honor you, and most importantly, we want to represent you well. This is, I ask in, in, our, in your son Jesus Christ's name, and we thank you for it. And all the brothers say, amen. All right, gentlemen.